Hello and welcome to the Long Jump Podcast, the podcast where we look for interesting people with fascinating stories. And today is certainly no exception. In this episode, we are talking to Chloe, and Chloe is polyamorous. It's a relationship form where both partners consent to letting more partners emotionally and physically into their lives. Consent is the key word here, and as you listen to our conversation, you'll see that this is not the only form of being polyamorous. There's many forms, and it's pretty much whatever you want to make of it, as long as everybody is on the same page and you respect each other's boundaries. My chat with Chloe is a fascinating dive into the world of polyamory and all its facets, its quirks, and its problems. Hope you enjoy. All right, Chloe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You are polyamorous, and that Mm -hmm. is going to be a very um, interesting topic for me because I don't know much about it, so I hope you can tell your story. Um, Let's start at the beginning, though. What is it? Polyamory is just like a structure. It's a relationship structure, so uh, people choose to have more than one partner, and all partners are consenting to multiple partners and i think that's the key it's usually romantic it's usually romantic partners okay so it's different than an open relationship and the key word here is consent yes so everybody knows about what the other person is doing and is okay with that yep well there's um obviously i did a little bit of research before the talk and there's many exciting forms and functions um maybe even some new ones to you, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, How did you get introduced to? I heard of it in general somewhere. I'm not really sure where, but um, if you're asking about like how my husband and I got into it, is that what you're asking? No, it's sort of, I mean, we all know um, the standard relationship, I suppose. And I guess there is even uh, relationships these days with you know divorced parents and remarried and re-divorced and so on um, but this is an entirely different relationship structure and I'm sure at some point you must have heard it for the first time um yeah I can't tell you where I heard it for the first time though um I heard it somewhere though because I knew what it was in general and the word for it but okay. I don't know exactly where I heard it were you monogamous before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We were together for like three, almost four years when we okay. opened our relationship. Okay. And because the, the relationship you have is with um, an exclusive partner in your husband? Uh, yeah. Well, well my no, husband. let me rephrase that. You're not in an exclusive relationship, obviously, but he's your, he's your main partner. Do I say yeah. that correctly? My, yeah, my husband is um, considered my nesting partner because I nesting live with partner. him. Okay, here's term number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you are officially married? Yes. Okay, and you also have a child together, so that is indeed the whole nesting picture complete. Yes. How does... Um, where where's the next step from there finding partners fair enough but th- did That's you go in, into about. a relationship with your husband both mm-hmm. being uh polyamorous or did you were you together and then found out you were um we were together and then um 
we wanted to just physically open the relationship and uh but then after we physically opened it and we started looking for partners I'm the one that brought up polyamory specifically for that connection because I learned that like I really needed a connection with someone before I got um physical with them or that I would prefer that so I was like well how about if we dated other people like would we be okay with that and not just physical partners you know and um we both agreed that we would even be happy to see each other happy with other people and on dates with other people and that it would be something that we both enjoy seeing each other do and the term for that would be compersion which is being happy for someone else who's happy the sharing in that person's happiness pretty much yeah so talk me through through that process because that is i suppose not something you bring up on a tuesday evening uh, while you're watching a movie like oh by the <laughs> way how, how does how does that evolve because you say you started with wanting to physically open up a relationship i suppose that is quite the step already yeah how does that process um evolve like how do you how do you bring that up for example um well for us it started by my husband bringing up like bringing other people in like so threesomes and then that led to swinging and then that led to just like solo play so each of us would be allowed to like have our own partners solo swinging <laughs> like well ish i don't know usually swinging is between like two couples yeah but just solo um so we'd find our own individual sexual partners and then that led to polyamory for us i would say um just because we are already kind of on the same page it was a very easy conversation but for some people it's not you know they sit down and they're like oh hey i think that i want to see other people and they have to have that discussion like a really deep discussion but since um, my husband and I were already agreeing the physical part the emotional part wasn't too big of a step and because we have um, our relationship is very secure and we already have that a good foundation in our relationship that we were able just to trust each other that at the end of the day we will either stay together or we won't you know yeah. like that we're not this isn't the point of this isn't to find um a new spouse you know that we are married and the point of polyamory is not to try and replace your partner you know it was actually a pretty easy transition for us well, but i, I, I can imagine once you have that initial conversation of saying but, Listen, how about opening up the relationship that the subsequent conversations become easier for us for some couples it's not like um I know that some couples decide like one partner decides that they want to be polyamorous and their spouse will say no I want to be monogamous so that's then one person is monogamous and one person is polyamorous that seems like trouble it takes a lot more communication and work hmm. you mentioned that you um 
you have a very uh, solid relationship foundation with your husband. You think that is the, the, the strength that you have there together, that he is your nesting partner and you're not looking to replace each other. You think that is the, the core strength of why you are able to do this? Yeah, and um, but it's important in any of your relationships. Uh, this could bring into the different structures of polyamory too. Yes, because there's, like, um, so you have the nesting partner and then you each have boyfriends and girlfriends, I suppose. Yes. Okay. Or could, yeah. So that is the, um, is, is that the sort of as a basic level version? Um, is this how yeah, most people do it? Also the most common version of polyamory. Like usually people do either have a nesting partner or like a primary partner, they could call it, or an anchor partner. An anchor partner, I like that one. Yeah, but an anchor partner, it, it gets complicated. <laughs> um, but usually people do have like a main partner and then they have other partners besides that. But then you get into rank partners because some people don't, you know, even yeah. if you're even if you're nesting with someone, um, that doesn't mean that they take more importance than your other relationships. No. So that is then the, the balancing act of where you place the relationships for yourself, but also in relation to your partners, your other partners. Yes. Fair enough. And I suppose if you want to make it even more complicated, then you add some different genders in the mix as well. I suppose that once you take that step, you're, are you, are you in, when you're dating other people outside your anchor partner, are you looking for people that are also polyamorous or can those people also be monogamous? Uh, that's personal preference. Some people like to only date polyamorous people because they're already of this mindset, you know, we're all dating other people. And, um, but you can go find a monogamous people. They can choose maybe whether they want to be polyamorous or whether they want to be monogamous to you. But um, it's gonna probably take some handholding to walk them through the process, you know, cause they still have to be, um, they still have to be okay with you being with other people. Yes. And then there is a term for like, um, some people use it, some people don't. Like if a monogamous partner tries to pull you away from polyamory, you know, like, oh, I want you to be monogamous to me and break up with your other partners or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that's called like cowboying because they're kind of like lassoing you. <laughs> lassoing you in. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that, that's probably a nice bridge towards, I can imagine that jealousy is the biggest problem in those kind of relationships. Um, yeah, it's experienced by most people because it's just a natural emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But how do you, how do you uh, prevent that? Is it, is it preventable? You are obviously in control of managing your relationships and those relationships to each other. So if you know your partner is like well enough, you know, you can make sure that you're meeting all, you know, the needs of your partners that you can meet, you know, within reason. If you know your one partner likes like texts when you get there or like a voicemail or like 
or just like how much time they want with you you know especially if they're not a nesting partner like how much time do they want with just you like quality time you know you know it doesn't take too much to become jealous you can just be in a bad mood and you know yeah your partner goes on a date and you wanted them home but they already had this date scheduled okay now you're like now you're jealous because the other person is with your partner but you want them you know yes i can see that (laughs) that can escalate quickly Um, do you meet your husband's other partners do you know them um Yes, and the term for my partner's partner is a metamor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just, just so the term. Oh, we're really learning so much today. Yeah. Um, you can, if you choose to meet your metamors or not. You know, it's a personal choice. You might want to meet them. They might not want to meet you, though. That's fair enough. So it doesn't even. It's not like a general principle. Like I do or don't meet them. It's obviously the other person's uh, preferences are involved as well. Yep. Uh, how about the other way around? Has your husband met your boyfriend? Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you, yep. I, I, that's actually- I met my boyfriend's nesting partner. Sorry? Is that he's also met my boyfriend's nesting partner. And that's so how we the web expands. We've all hung out together. And I guess that's also another like kind of, kind of, way to practice polyamory is called kitchen table polyamory where everybody would get along and be friends and so you could sit around a kitchen table you know and talk without fighting Mm -hmm. but it's definitely some people prefer it but it's something that you can't really make other people you know comfortable with they might not be comfortable would you say that if you do the kitchen table that it's sort of then it's all literally out in the open and then the chances for jealousy are smaller it depends on the people probably because i i I would imagine if you're if you go off on dates and you're like yeah i have a date and let's leave it at that and then you maybe you come back and like oh it was a great date and like if there's limited sharing in who this person is or what it what happens or whatever that that jealousy can creep in because it's unknown i would imagine that it could uh, kind of prevent jealousy for some people but also it depends on how you're managing your your relationships because yeah. you guys could all be friends and you could still you know not prioritize someone the way that they want or not meet someone's needs or whatever that's true well yeah plus if one person is you know sensitive to good looking other people and they're like oh the other partner is way better looking that might also create jealousy so yeah fair enough yeah. I can imagine um, that your dating pool is not enormous. Especially if you're looking specifically for people already in this lifestyle. Exactly. So ethically non-monogamous. Yeah. There are like two specific apps, at least in the U.S., that um, people use for like ethical non-monogamy, which um, which are OkCupid. And field, F E E L D. So those are your um, go-to places to start. Yeah, especially if you're looking for um, people who are already non-monogamous. Yeah, and then I mean, obviously, the U.S. is a big country, and mm-hmm. th- does it work long distance as well? Um, yes, 
a lot of um, polyamorous people do long distance relationships. Um, so then you literally fly across the country to meet your other partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, or fly around the world. I know that I'm in um, a polyamorous sur Discord surfer and this woman is dating someone in a completely different country and she's going to fly over and meet him now that you know covid has settled down nice so it's almost like a holiday love that repeats mm -hmm. huh. how does that work locally because if you meet people with the same lifestyle does do you end up all mixing together or how does that work i mean technically you could i mean you're you and like a different partner or like you and a metamorph could end up dating like the same person yeah technically technically i mean we may all be interconnected somehow you know <laughs> but um you could it depends on the area i think probably yeah i suppose there's no uh, rule against it but if you don't want it i can also imagine that that is it's safer to do it somewhere else for your own well-being mm -hmm. Is it, um, would you, would you classify it as a lifestyle or as a sexual orientation? That's a really like debated topic in the community, whether it's a lifestyle or sexual orientation, um, or belief system or yeah, or belief system, because a lot of people do feel like it's a part of their identity, like we are polyamorous and yeah. not a choice that this is just how they were built to love people, you know, multiple people in this case. Mm -hmm. And then some people do believe that it's a choice, you know, that we choose to have multiple partners. We don't have to have multiple partners. What do you stand? <laughs> it's become like a pretty big part of like, me so like, but if i listen to your to your story that you had a relationship first and then together you explore let's say the boundaries of that relationship and then from there on you grow if you would compare it to let's say homosexuality that is not something you um you grow in the same way i'd say that is something that's like a deeper feeling inside some people do believe that they were like born to be polyamorous we got into it not from monogamy um do believe that they were just kind of born to love many people yeah but i can and imagine that chose this this form of relationship and love before ever committing to monogamy you know that they would never be monogamous yeah and always been non-monogamous would that that's actually that's interesting you mentioned that so is it something um because you're in your late 20s correct i'm in my early 20s early 20s even. so yeah. is it something um i mean i don't want to call it a phase obviously uh but is it something that you see yourself still doing 20 years from now um yes nice Okay, yeah. so then it, uh -huh. then it is a, a lifestyle, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Are there, um, I mean, like any um, normal or normal monogamous relationship, 
I'm sure there's ups and downs. Like, do you go through phases where you feel that you need to, or you want to date more people or less people? How does, how does that sort of ebb and flow go? Um, because I can imagine you're not sitting on the couch every evening going like, yes, I'm going to, you know, find another two Yeah. You got to balance, like a common phrase in is, um, love is infinite, but time and energy are finite. Yes. (laughs) So while you could love everybody, you don't have time for everybody, you know? No. And make all the um, relationships equitable, you know? You can't can't do that. It's just not possible. And there's only so much time in a day, you know? You got to sleep at some point, too. So you have to like whatever is going on in your life too you know kids school work other obligations you gotta know how much time and energy you have to like properly invest in different relationships and maybe that looks like one serious relationship and one friends with benefits or one just casual dating you know like where that commitment might not be there you know so you have time for that but or you could commit to, you know, several people if you have time for that. Fair enough. Is there, um, I mean, the time management, I think we can all imagine, but how do you balance the emotional availability with all the partners? Because I think it's a, it's a very, I mean, a, a monogamous relationship, I wouldn't call it draining, but it requires quite a the emotional investment. I can imagine mm-hmm. once you go up to two or three partners, that it becomes emotionally like a burden almost to manage all those relationships because you you i suppose you want to give them equal or semi-equal uh of your person and at some point that just requires too much energy um again that probably has to do with like balancing how many partners you can manage yeah you know some people it's called like some people call it polysaturated you're polysaturated (laughs) (laughs) you have too many partners you know you've committed to too many different connections and whatever and some people actually are saturated at one you know it's just like their life right now doesn't allow them time or energy for a second partner um like personally i don't don't know how to describe it because i didn't i don't really find it that draining I, it probably has to do with who you find, you know, like if you find another person that you really want to love, you're probably going to find the energy to maintain it. That is true. Is it, um, are your, is your, let's say different question. Is your boyfriend very different than your husband or are they similar personalities? Um, they're similar. I know that I have like a type. Yeah, for, person- ask about type. for personalities. Um, not. I don't really care about physical appearance that much personally. You know. Um, but I would say that some people, a lot of people, don't have the type type. You know. And also some people go into polyamory, like needing something else, you know, that their partner can't give them. 
so their partners are different you know in some ways do you get like energy for the other relationship from the other relationship because like the example you gave from the woman that would fly to another country to meet her other partner i mean obviously that's you know the holiday feeling and kind of thing uh, but i can imagine that when you spend the majority of the time with your husband and then have a date with your boyfriend that you come back sort of i don't know relaxed refreshed or you know yeah, energized it could, it could definitely benefit the other relationship not like probably not on purpose you know but being you know happy in a better better mood or whatever coming back from a date or visiting you know can you hear that i hear it yeah that's your daughter yeah well that's a nice bridge to your daughter uh does she know probably not she's young um she she has met my boyfriend um and his nesting partner and that's a personal preference again because some people don't like to involve their kids at all with their partners and some people say you know why not as long as the person's you know pretty stable you know in their life and everything um and that's my thought on it you know like as long as my partner's like pretty stable I think that they're gonna be around for a while you know and they're healthy and obviously I would not date someone who's not healthy but um you know that there's no harm in Rose having another you know male figure or like yeah. an adult figure or role model to look up to and who would also you know support her you know yeah that makes sense do you, um, I mean, obviously at some point you, you'll explain to her how that works. Um, that's, um, I think, a good thing, obviously. But do you think that'll raise her in a different way than people in a monogamous relationship? I don't think so. Because you often hear like statistics like, oh, uh, parents who get divorced, then the kids are 80% more likely to get divorced. Or parents who smoke, the kids are going to smoke too. Like those are very... Uh, tangible factors in a kid's life, you know, monkey see, monkey do in the end. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think this will open her world to, um, you know, less traditional relationship forms? Or do you think it is something that she'll be like, yeah, you know, it's just what it is, no problem? Um, I think they actually did, a, one person did a longitudinal study on it from parents who are in this lifestyle and then um had kids and their kids actually the majority of them chose monogamy really? as their relationship style okay. but um they weren't opposed to uh ah. you know they weren't opposed to non-monogamy they just personally didn't want to practice it you know or didn't feel aligned with it or whatever you know yeah fair enough well, I suppose that is then, that's quite the accomplishment because not being opposed goes a long way to tolerating, no? Mm -hmm. How do um, people in general react when you tell them about your lifestyle? Uh, we usually don't. We no? only tell a few people. Wow. So for yeah. the outside world, you're just married and that's it? Yep. Why is that? 
because it's not widely accepted. It's a very judged, you know, thing. I can imagine. And it's also um, not protected in the United States. So you can get fired, you can be sued, et cetera. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow, that is strong. And mm -hmm. are things like homosexuality protected that way? Mm -hmm. A bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Just not family. Okay. Is it something you have to, or you, well, obviously you don't have to, but is it something you come out with? Yeah, a lot of people consider coming out. Closet polyamorous. <laughs> mm -hmm. and like, hey, we're practicing, you know, whatever. Okay. Or but we are. Um, we've only told a few people, just like close friends my sister who lives with us because that would be awkward just having she random will probably ask questions at some point yes do, do you feel like held back by that by by societal norms or standards that might be um kind of like personally i wish that we could just be open about it you know be who you are i could just like talk about you know my other partner openly too because usually you want to, because they're important to you, and I kind of have to hide them. So, yeah. yeah. So, so when, um, like, do you? Is it is it difficult to keep that personality separated from the outside world then? Because um, I can imagine when you're at a dinner party and mm -hmm. some topic comes up that you've had an experience with with your boyfriend, and you want to yeah. tell that story. That you can't tell it as in like, oh, we did this romantic thing together. Because then people are like, hey, you're married to the other guy. What's going on? Yeah. So do you have to be constantly on your toes about what you're saying to who? Who? Yeah. Like, I, like sometimes it's a joke that like, oh, well, which partner did I tell them about? You know? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, usually I, well, if it's romantic, I might just bring it up in general and not say it was with anybody, you know, and they'll just yeah. assume that it was my husband, you know, and, um, but otherwise, if it's just like a general experience, I might just say my friend, I went with a friend, you know, which is kind of sad because it'd be like calling your significant other, just your friend, just friend. my friend, you know? yeah, that must be a sort of, I don't know. In, I live in the Netherlands, as you know, where those things are less, much less of a theme. Uh, there must be a nagging, annoying feeling. Yeah, for me at least. I, I know that like a lot of people, other people have also said that, you know, like to hide another partner, another important person in your life when you can't even share about them, you know, it's kind yeah. of weird. Because I'm not being obviously, you're like, you say like, oh, I'm dating this person and, you know, you start sharing about them and they start being incorporated more into your life, you know? And if you're already monogamous with someone and then you're polyamorous and you don't come out, then obviously your monogamous partner usually is the one that people know about. Yeah. At least, is that one of the biggest drawbacks, at least where you live, that you can't sort of openly be who you want to be? I know that some people are just open about it, you know, but since I work in a professional career, like I 
don't want it to affect my career because it's definitely um, judged by no, some people, you know, they work in a very supportive field or whatever, you know, or just their workplace in general. And they're able to just be open about it and their families are supportive, you know, or at least they understand, maybe they don't agree, but, you know, at least they're still supportive of it, of you. Yeah, that makes sense. So would you consider moving just because of that? Um, probably not. Because, um, not from like this no i don't think so i don't think so because there's like because i have a kid and husband so most of my decisions are like based on what's good for my kid you know so i mean we might move like within the country or whatever but i don't think we would specifically just choose an area because of this you know no there's no. Like a lot of factors you know yeah that makes sense cool um what would you say to people that are at the beginning of the journey and that are um getting i mean obviously there's a lot more information about this out there today than there was maybe 10 years ago uh, so I can imagine it's easier for people to get sort of a first taste of what's possible, so to speak. Mm -hmm. how, how would you advise people that are at the beginning of that journey, how to, how would they make sure to do it in a smart way? Cause you've been through that journey. Yeah. Um, I would one, do not get into polyamory or non-monogamy to fix a relationship. That sounds like a very bad idea. Yeah. It's like, it, it's not going to fix your marriage or relationship. If anything, it's just going to blow it up in your face. It's like people um, get a baby to fix a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good idea. But um, I would say just do a lot of research. Be open-minded, you know, talk to other people like join communities, you know, online or whatever. Um, the common book recommended to read is um, called The Ethical Slut. <laughs> and um, that's the most recommended book, probably, followed by Polysecure, which is um, a book about the attachment styles in relationships and how that applies to polyamory. I'm actually Googling it right away. The Ethical mm -hmm. Slut is a guide to infinite sexual possibilities in an English language nonfiction book. Wow. Yeah, it's not all about sex though. You know, it's obviously about like how polyamory is structured and what you need. Yeah, like, is, is that actually the, the big step up? Because it's funny you say that, that it's not only about sex. Because if, if it would be, it would just be swinging. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Okay. Good to get my terminology right there yeah i mean swinging is technically between two partners so you don't technically have to do that yeah fair enough. just be open you could just find individual partners yeah but um yeah and then i guess be open-minded don't hold too many expectations no um and just i would say just like really be able to just sit with yourself and like think through stuff 
and be open emotionally to like change too because yeah. it's going to change a lot of things um so, so it's not only about talking like keep talking to your partner but it's also keep talking to yourself yeah you know like um set boundaries you know, like what are you comfortable with right now and um set boundaries and not rules you know like you can't do xyz and it's more like hey i don't feel comfortable with if we did this you know but because rules are very constricting on your other partner you know so it's important to give your partner like autonomy over their own relationships you know Fair they're enough. grown up they should be able to manage their other relationships and then pretty much you choose how you react to other people's choices, you know, instead of trying to make that choice for them, you know. I like that. That's a that's a that's an excellent takeaway. Set boundaries, not rules. Because mm -hmm. I can imagine that the whole concept is very pliable. Like it, it, I would say, it changes on the daily, but that it's. I mean, what you like now is what you not what you want next week. And what you want next year is definitely different than what you want in 10 years, probably. Actually, it's not that much different than a normal relationship because, I mean, it changes there too. And if you start talking about rules, then it becomes restrictive, like you said. Interesting. Cool. Um, I think that was very insightful. Thanks. I think you're the first uh, openly polyamorous person that I meet. <laughs> oh, that was um, all I wanted to ask you, actually. Thanks for being so open. You're welcome. Awesome. And that was it for this episode of the Long Jump Podcast. Big thanks to Chloe for being so open in sharing her views and her experiences with this alternative form of relationships. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did talking to her. Thanks for tuning in this time and keep an eye out for the next episode of the Long Jump Podcast. My name is Peter and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>